with race director Craig Thornley. Your hosts are Dylan Bowman and myself, Megan Hicks. This is part of the I Run Far Live at Western States three-show set. If you are here in Olympic Valley, we're back live at 4 p.m. today for another five interviews. If you're with us online, join us at 4 p.m. Pacific time. We also have a store. You can buy stuff from irunfar.com slash store or back there. We've got a couple sponsors to thank really quick. We want to thank Dry Max Buff, Jaybird, and of course the coffee bar for hosting us today. Let's do this interview. We are with the master himself, Craig Thornley. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? <laughs> good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, Have you slept in a few days? Uh, yeah, I slept a bit last night. Yeah. You, better, you better bank those hours while you can. <laughs> Yeah, it's easier than last year. Yeah. So, I want to ask you, um, I mean, this 15-minute interview could be five hours, but you have a really interesting story about how you encountered the Western States for the first time. We actually published it on Iron Far, mm -hmm. but it's several thousand articles back, so I want to bring that story alive. Okay. How did you, how did you meet the Western States? I met Western States in 1978. That, like no. a, that was the second year, wasn't it? 78 or 79. Um, my stepdad and mother moved us to Auburn Lake Trails. We were about a mile and a half from the aid station there. and we were, My brother and I were camping right in the middle of the trail near Hoboken Creek. If It's between Green Gate and, and ALT. And we see this runner come by and very dirty, very tired. <laughs> and wanted to know where the aid station was, and we said, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then another one came by, and another one came by, and we, we realized, holy cow, we're at mile 83 or so of this 100 mile race. And, and uh, I remember distinctly looking at their eyes, other than the fact they were really dirty, mm -hmm. but what a blank stare, and I said, man, I want, I want to experience whatever they're experiencing really? right now. Oh, absolutely. Okay. My brother, too. Yeah. I don't know what that is, yeah. but I want it. It's a, and I was, I was young, but um, yeah, that's how we found out about the trip. That's great. And you've finished, what, nine times now? Nine times. Yeah. Great. And including last year, you were able yeah. to run and finish your own race. I was yeah. curious how that experience was as the race director. Did the perspective of being a runner in your own race lead you to maybe think about changing anything in particular? Did you notice anything while you were running that you then wanted to implement in this year's race? Yeah, there's no way the race director could go to every aid station mm -hmm. unless we had a helicopter. Right. So I got to see every aid yeah. station and um, <laughs> I, I saw some things that I wanted to improve, uh, improve on. Um, but I think what I was struck with was uh, I ran significantly slower than I had in my previous eight. <laughs> so I got to see the eight stations at the end and I was amazed that the volunteers were still incredibly enthusiastic, even though I was 50 minutes from the cutoff. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, how do you improve that? It was, it was an incredible perspective. Mm. And the 99 mile party, I live right near there. Yep. It was way better than <laughs> yeah, midnight or one in the morning. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's awake. They've already been drunk and they're hungover. It's gone. They've already sobered up. It is one of the most incredible things. What Craig's referring to is Roby Point and the, what they call the golden hour, the last hour before 
the 30 hour cutoff, just being on the road there between Roby Point and the finish line, it's an incredible experience. So it is. Yeah. It's worth it. If you're gonna finish in twenty eight something, just slow down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Best hour, right? It is the best hour in the yeah. running. You know, Hard Rock's last hour is pretty special yeah. too. They both are golden yeah. hours, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you became the race director at Western States in 2012, is that right? I think I was assistant in 2012 and then 2013 was my first. Is where you took over. Yeah, Okay. so this is number six. Yeah. Before that, I mean, your relationship with the race started the year I was born. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh, you had a long relationship with the race. You ran it eight times. I think you were involved with like pacing, crewing, maybe volunteering when you weren't running. Talk about, yeah, talk about Western States circa 1980s, 1990s. Yeah, we started working at Dusty Corners because my mom knew uh, the, the aid station captain. Okay. There. So I, I would work, um, you know, I was just a day volunteer, mm -hmm. um, which was super fun. But I didn't have any responsibility. I just showed up. And my brother and I were runners, so they let us do, you know, if someone was cramping, we were the experts somehow. <laughs> so, um, and we paced and crewed over the years, and um, yeah, and then I finally ran in 2001. Okay. My first year. And then I guess you just kind of went at it. You racked up a bunch of eight finishes by 2012. Yeah, I was close. I had actually, before I took the job, I had trained 10 times. So I really, I would have been finished with AJW. Yeah. Um, but in 2006, I got hurt 21 days before mm. the race. Couldn't start. And then in 2008, the fires. Fire. So that's why I'm scrambling to get my last two in the racetrack. <laughs> if I wait until after I retire, my wife keeps reminding me, you would yeah. be a lot older. You barely made it last yeah, year. Yeah. So. <laughs> but in yeah. fairness, like racing and directing the same race has to be almost an impossible ask. Like to be able to put in enough miles in the months leading up to this race when I, you're organizing? I thought, I really thought I could run 22 or 23 hours. Okay. But the race week didn't go as planned because okay. of all the snow and the trail conditions. Okay. With the high country, you know, having um, been put to bed, all the, the American River Conservancy purchased 10,000 acres of land. Yeah. And it's now in wilderness, some of it. Mm -hmm. Well, they had pulled out all the coverts and got rid of all the roads mm -hmm. to return it to natural watershed. And it was put to bed right before the winter snows. Mm -hmm. And we hadn't seen it until Tuesday before race week. So there was no trail. Is that right. Yeah. That's right. It you guys were on Tuesday. So I ran from trail, here to Lion Ridge on Tuesday. It took me four hours to get through the snow and yeah. yeah, and find the trail. There was yeah. nothing. It was just mud. So we scrambled to get teams out there to scratch it in. And, uh, so that week was terrible. You were tired <laughs> at the starting. I was so exhausted starting the race. Yeah, and I did have a one-hour night's sleep on I think it was Thursday night. So. Well, speaking of other adversity as the race yeah. director, I'm curious if there's one thing you can point to that would seem like a small detail to an outside observer or a runner in the race that takes you and your team like an inordinate amount of time or an inordinate <laughs> amount of stress to prepare. Yeah, well, I could give you a couple names. Yeah. Of people, I probably shouldn't do that. I think you could guess. Yeah, it's it's, it's dealing with um, with some challenging personalities. Yeah. And, uh, you know they. Sometimes they derail you and they take 
a significant amount of emotional yeah. energy and time and uh, you know, when they show up at my door <laughs> an hour and a half later okay. I just lost an hour and a half of work yeah but, um, yeah it's probably those types of um, and you know we had one yesterday paying attention to I didn't see it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, there was one left yesterday that we had to resolve, and uh, it took it took time. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's a, a difficult position to be in, and I think one of the things that people really admire about you and uh, that you've brought to the race is just radical transparency and how all the decisions are made. Can you talk about the transparency component and like how that's become kind of your philosophy well, and how valuable it is? I was a runner of Western mm -hmm. States. I never intended to be the race director. I had a career in computer science. Uh, I have a couple degrees in computer science. I never thought I was going to be a race director. <laughs> I would just like to talk to computers all day, right? So, yeah. And uh, so I was, I came at it from someone who was in the lottery. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like what I saw. Yeah. So when I got the job, like that was that was the first thing I was going to do. Yeah. Everything's going to be transparent. And that forces us to do the right thing. Yep. Okay? If you're not transparent, you can kind of like, oh, this guy got in this way or this woman got in that way. Um, but when you're transparent, you can't critique us for doing anything. It's all out there. It's all out there. I mean, we can make mistakes, obviously, but we spend a lot of time to make sure we don't make any mistakes. I think the Western States 100 is, you know, like rightfully said to be the grandfather of American trail culture running, and there are a lot of eyes also from outside of America looking at this race as a as a leadership race, as a you know a race with a really good storyline. Um, but being in the leadership position, we all know, can be a blessing and a curse because uh, you receive the great stuff from the community, but you also um, have to make hard decisions or you know following the moral or ethical line is difficult. Um, you guys are a group. You're a you're a board. You're a group of people who make these decisions together. That doesn't necessarily make them easier. But like, what's Sort of like just to, I mean, take me in your head for a minute. Like, what do you think about as you're making these sort of hard decisions that will have um, little ripples throughout the throughout the the world community? Well, I think I always want to do what's best for the event and best for the runners and, and runner experience. If, if that if that ever slips from the priority, then I think we're going the wrong way. Right? Mm -hmm. So I'm always thinking about that. And, um, there's plenty of examples where runner experience wasn't wasn't at the forefront of decisions at other races. And um, I think that's a huge mistake. Myself. Well, you tweeted yesterday something to the effect of, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but at the end of the day, your job is just to give people the best experience that you Absolutely, can from yeah. Squaw to Auburn. And Absolutely. That, and you, that's I think it. kind of voiced your gratitude that that is, that is your job. Yeah. And I think that's so incredibly cool. So I, your phone luckily has not rung <laughs> in the 10 minutes we've sat here. I got a text here. So, oh, it's just monkey boy. <laughs> so maybe one more question just to close it out. Just what does your day look like on Saturday? Or what does your whole weekend look like? The day is changing. Mm -hmm. The day's plans are changing this morning. Uh, I was going to go to Lion Ridge, Red Star, um, 
dusty corners, and then the finish line. But now it looks like I'm going to go to the finish line right away, mm -hmm. which, eh, mm -hmm. the net control. Okay. Because um, our Ted Knutson, the ultralight.net guy, uh, is running the race this year. Oh, so yeah, I had yeah. to fill in for him. Somebody's got to be the. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll be at the finish line for the first finisher, and I'll stay there till 5 a.m., mm -hmm. 4 a.m., 5 a.m., until I get a couple hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would love to stay there the whole time, yeah. <laughs> from 7 p.m. to 11, but it's pretty hard to yeah. stay awake yeah. that long. Um, and then uh, I'll be back for um, the, the, the golden hour and then the, then the awards. So, but most of it, you know, it's really just press and go on Monday or on Saturday. Just press go and all the infrastructure hopefully works and we've got uh, you know, decision making trees in place and everybody's practiced and, and drilled so and it shouldn't be too hard for me. Great. Shouldn't be. I hope not. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking a short bit of time out yeah. for us this, and uh, I think you're a widely respected and admired race director on the circuit and thanks for everything you do for for the sport and I think uh, we're all rooting for you this weekend. All right. so thank good you luck. guys. Yeah. I love this new edition here. And obviously the coverage of the, that you guys do on race day, not just on our race, but all the races over the world. Yeah. It's cool. I actually admit to looking at Twitter instead of my Ultra Live on race day, I will probably be following your Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> ultra, ultra Live is awesome for following if you want exactly. yeah. yeah. to know what's happening where, at the head yeah, of the race right this second. So, I love you, Ted. But <laughs> no, we also makes love you, Ted. An app for Android. She's got an app for iOS. Okay. Round well, of applause yeah. for the race director, right. Mr. Craig Foreman. Right.